TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to 100 Not Out, featuring your hosts, Dr. Damien Christoph and Marcus Pierce. Welcome to 100 Not Out, a weekly show dedicated to helping you master the art of aging well. My name is Marcus Pierce, and it gives me great pleasure to introduce the fabulous co-founder of The Wellness Couch and The Wellness Guys. He's the inspirational Dr. Damien Christoph, my brother from another mother, who I miss dearly. Great man. How are you? Oh, Piercey, so great to be chatting with you. It's been it's been weeks since you and I have chatted, and when I left Europe, you was you stayed on. I, I did. I thought you weren't going to come off the ground. I tapped out, and you stayed on the ground, kept kicking the footy around, and uh, and here we are now back in Australia and ready to rock and roll again. We had such a great time. I'm busting to find out how you went. Oh, absolutely, and apologies to our listeners who are receiving this podcast a little bit later than normal because, um, look, no excuses, but you're right, Damo, I've been in Europe just back a few days. I was only there nine days longer than you. It wasn't as if I was nah, gone forever. No, no, you got back July 17, I got back July 26. So, it's only a couple of days, only, only nine days, a week if you want to really just uh, round. It feels like... Probably two weeks, really, yeah. if you round it up. If a you round bit. it up, but um, yeah. but uh, <laughs> look, apologies to our listeners because we know that um, many of you have in your Monday morning routine to listen to One Hundred Not Out either on your morning walk or on the way to to work or school drop off and the rest. But um, apologies, we didn't get this out earlier. I put my hand up for that. That was all me. Just uh, just getting back into the swing of things post Europe. But Damo, honest to goodness, um, I have missed you, great man. Despite spending ten days with you in Ikaria. It's hard to get enough of you these days. I, I struggle to get my demo fixed. How in God's name have you been, great man? Well, I've been great. I, I got back from um, Ikaria, uh, in, in, you know, and I loved that trip. That was by far the best thing that you and I have done in a long time. Like it was just so great, so great. Probably actually not in a long time ever. It was <laughs> um, it was the best Ikaria trip for sure. And uh, what, are you gonna, that, how, what about to everyone that came in twenty sixteen? Well, <laughs> not to say saying? the first one. Well, the first one was great. Like it was really great. But I think there's um, you know when you go for a second time, you've experienced a few things. You know, there's a few things you're going to do differently. Um, we we threw in a few little extra activities. We changed a few little things around and. The, uh, the feedback from the attendees was was amazing. And I don't want to take anything away from the very first inaugural group that uh, that came with us that are invincibles. They were, and they still are, amazing. You um, mean the immortals? <laughs> well, what were our first ones? The immortals? Were they immortals? Yeah, what was our second one? The invincibles. <laughs> <laughs> yes, well, I don't take away anything from either of them. But we uh, definitely, you know, the, both both events were terrific. I think because I had Amber with me this time around, I loved it even more, and um, and it was just it was just terrific. But um, it was really great, and I agree, Piercy, uh, because we don't spend enough time together. There's that pining, you know. There's a there's a pining for for our time together. And you are coming to Melbourne this week, so I'm looking forward to catching up there too, which would be great. To say I pine for you is an understatement, um, but it is true. <laughs> it is true. Well, well perhaps that, that is a good opportunity to talk about on this episode because I've been thinking all right I really want to write like last time when we came back from Ikeria you and I both wrote some some blogs some articles on on our experiences and I I wrote an email to myself the other day write down what did what did I learn from Ikeria this time but don't look back at the report I wrote 
two years ago. I don't want, I don't want to, because the, the trips were very different. Um, yes. Just to put you on the spot, and I'm happy to put myself on the spot and share as well, but what, w- without thinking of 2016, what, what has changed for you either philosophically or energetically or, or just in the way that you see the world or yourself um, having come back uh, from, from our most recent trip to Ikaria? Well, I think what happened was a lot of the concepts and the thoughts and beliefs that we'd established, having been to Ikaria the first time and having done, you know, 300-plus episodes. How many have we done? Oh, I love the way you do that. 4,362. No, I think it's 270. <laughs> all of that, like that wisdom that we've been able to, you know, glean from people that we've interviewed, we've spent time with, we've hung out with, all of that was consolidated and at the same time it was reinforced. And so I felt that we were right on the money when we said that it's a community thing because, you know, we identified that it was a community thing when we were over there and in and we're able to run with that. I think that was a very important um, thing that we're able to establish in the second group um, because in the first group it was kind of like that was a reflective moment. You know what, they do it all as a community. But in the second group we're able to say now they do everything as a community, so let's let's start with that in mind. Yeah, And so that was a really big thing. I like that. Um, I think we're also quite prepared to have feta, tomato, and olives with every single meal um, the second time around. So that was, um, that, was, that was easier. It was less of a shock and we're able to, you know, frame that. So I think uh, we're able to frame a lot more. And, and what that meant to me is what it was that we'd learned some of the lessons of the Ikarian people and that what we had been sharing wasn't incorrect. Because remember when we went to Ikaria the first time, I came back kind of going, oh, my gosh, you know, you know, this is mind-blowing. We've found the elixir of life. Mm. This is, we, you know, it was all really, it wasn't that it was new, but it was reinforced. Well, now those lessons um, feel like they've been etched in stone because mm. you kind of go, yes, what we did learn the first time around is indeed wasn't true. It wasn't a one, yeah, a one-off. We were just on, on what you mentioned about um, feta and tomato and, you know the seasonal local food. Is yes. it is it that we've become particularly in the food world and the wellness sphere? Have we become so addicted with variety because we can get quinoa from Bolivia and and all twenty five different forms of cacao beans grown in all types of exotic forests around the world, and we can have coffee from twelve different countries and and forty seven different blends, and we can have so much variety in our in our food intake these days that the shock of the the true essence of seasonal local you know homegrown or organic whole food often means that you really do subsist on 6 to 12 um staples you know with 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 obviously the blend of um uh, wild herbs and uh, wine and the rest but there is a, a fair degree of predictability Around seasonal local organic whole food, and it's really not this um, cornucopia of colours and variety and and different tastes. It's actually more quite predictable, um, and I don't want to say monotonous, but I think for some people that that are are more used to variety, they would probably would use the word monotonous. Come day seven, eight, nine, and ten um, of that trip to Ikaria. Well, I'm hung on the word cornucopia for quite some time because the last time I heard about cornucopia was in the Hunger Games, and so I've, I've got know, a few words for you: quintessential, like quintessential, oh, love, cornucopia. Quintessential. I've got a few up my sleeve that Sarah has begun to love in me. <laughs> I love it. Well, the cornucopia, I love that. We, it's interesting because um, 
you know, when I got back from Ikaria, uh, I hit the ground running. And one of the things that I did was I delivered a, a gut intensive with Cara Broccoli, and we were up in Manly. And one of the things, and, and also, um, I, yeah, I think it was either before that or after that, was it before? No, I, I did the gut intensive with Ravi Rudner, and I did the Cara Broccoli um, gut movie, uh, three showings, three screenings in one night um, in Parkdale here in Victoria, Melbourne. Um, wow. With Bridget, with Bridget Wood, nourishing the mother, oh, and fellow uh, wellness couch teammate of ours. Exactly, and so we did that, and so it's been a really busy time. You can see that I'm a little bit jumbled up, but um, one of the things that we spoke about with Margie Smith from Smart DNA was the need for diversity in our plant-based foods, and I agreed. I agree with her because you know it, it appears that when Kale went over to Namibia and lived in the African, you know, wilderness with a tribe, um, his diversity increased and his bacterial diversity increased as a result of his food um, diversity, his plant-based diversity. Uh, but he was obviously eating, eating seasonal, local, organic and whole food. But when I look at the Greek experience, there's not a lot of diversity in that, but they still live a long time. And so it's a very, very interesting thing because obviously I'm very about gut and I'm very about the nervous system. And I am so into this longevity thing and I observe it and I look at it and I go, the Japanese are trying to prove how many different pizza, pieces of fruits and vegetables need to eat in a week and they reckon that we need to have 80 different pieces of fruits and vegetables in a week. So 80 different types of plant-based items in a week. Is that true? That's true. So that's like- So 80 different varieties. So is kale one and an apple is one or is it that- Yes. So well, yeah. Well, this is this is what we're trying to get our head around. Are they saying different items? I, I'm hoping they don't say different items, but I'm thinking that maybe you get twelve to fifteen in each day. Twelve to fifteen different serves of fruits and vegetables every single day. So oh, yeah. you might have, you know, apple and a couple of different types of berries. So let's say you got three different there. Then maybe yeah. you got sunflower seeds, almonds, pepitas. That's another three. Yeah. Um, you know, quinoa, buckwheat, millet, yeah. and rice. But, and if you repeat that five times, then is that 75? Well, I'm thinking that maybe you've done that over a space of a few days and that could give you some level of diversity. But also then you've got to have still your vegetables for um, for dinner and you've got to have some vegetables for, for lunch. Yeah. Um, and so there's other opportunities there for different types of salad items and, and vegetable items. But they're suggesting that it's 80 um, over a week. So I don't know if – if we would have got 80 different That's interesting. Fruits and That's actually really interesting. Well, I'm just going to put it out. So, if you've got eggs, so think of Ikaria breakfast, eggs, feta, tomatoes, cucumber, um, olives, that's five. No, it's three. Oh. It's only three veggies. Oh, sorry, you're talking just vegetables, right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Tomatoes, cucumber, olive is is – Three. So if you have rosemary tea, is that four? No. No. No, because that's a tea. Right. Not actually eating the actual oh, vegetable. Right. So I'm just talking. Yes. Okay. So then if I think of the breakfast I had this morning, I had kale, I had broccoli, I had uh, cabbage, I had tomato, cucumber, sprout, sauerkraut. So that's seven, right? So if yeah, I have that good. for five days, does that equal 35 or is that just seven? Well, I think that's got to be 35. So I'm, my suspicion is that that's you might have to have to have 12 to 15 different fruits and vegetables different, per, day, per day times seven. Yeah, right. That's oh, yeah. Wrong. 84. Okay. 
That's interesting. Not bad, though. Mm. Not bad for people to identify. Great exercise for our listeners. So glad you brought this up to just look at your, what you ate today. Yeah. And, and see if you had 12 to 15 different fruits and vegetables. Yeah, that's right. It's a big deal. Like it's, uh, it's, it's quite interesting. So um, the, you know, that's what they're saying in Japan. And so then I go, all right, so yes, we need diversity um, and diversity is going to uh, – diversity in our food will aid in the diversity of bacteria in our gut. Um, obviously, with you and I traveling throughout Europe for extended periods of time, you're over there for half a year and I was there for four <laughs> weeks. <laughs> I reckon that our gastrointestinal microbiome will have changed. As to whether or not that um, has assisted us in living a longer period of time in our life, mm. I don't know. No, um, definitely not for me. I'm de- rampant to get back to normal, well, home home food when I go home. Yeah, well, yes, and then that's right. And so we don't know if that's actually going to enhance our longevity. So again, like, are we like we look at this gut thing? And don't get me wrong here, I love the gut, and I reckon that if we get our guts better and we get our nervous system better, then that will flow onto our immune system. We get our lives better, yeah. We get our lives better. Like that's got to be that's that seems to me to be a no-brainer. But I don't think that if you get your gut right, that that's the only thing you need to do to live a long time. Particularly if you're stressing out about your symptoms. Let's say you have a little fart in the morning, get out of bed, and you go, "Oh my god, I've got <laughs> irritable bowel syndrome because I had a fart." Um, or if you've got a, a bloat at the end of the day, and it's fair enough to bloat at the end of the day, you've been eating food, and your body's got to process it. Yeah. You're bloating at the end of the day, that's probably pretty normal. Not everyone's got a flat stomach, um, you know, flat at the end stomach. of the day. Gee, I haven't had a flat stomach for 36 years, <laughs> honestly. Well, I think the whole flat stomach thing, um, there's a few reasons why people have a flat stomach. Part of it will be abdominal strength, but the other part of it will be the quantity of food that they consume. Maybe uh, they, they don't eat before a photo shoot, for example. The only um, person that- I know with a flat stomach is Tim Robarts. He's the only person I know with a flat stomach. Yeah. And a few people I've seen in magazines. Yeah. But maybe on his shoot days. Or maybe he like tenses. I don't know. We'll have to ask him. I reckon, like, I think, as you said, strong, strong abdominals. Strong abs. Yeah. Take, mine are weak as buggery. So, maybe <laughs> that's why. Because with the abs, maybe he does a big poo and he doesn't eat. So, yeah. maybe it's those three things to combo. Um, but no, don't take away anything from Timmy Robarts. He's worked so hard. He to has get the worked body. his got- butt off. That's it. He's worked his Literally, abs off. He's worked his yeah. abs off. Yeah. So yeah. this is fascinating. Sorry, I keep on interrupting. I'm listening intently about this conversation you're having around the gut and is it the be all and end all and and links with the mm. urea. Yeah. So you know we ate seasonal, local, organic, and whole food in Ikaria. Mm. You know we did everything right. Um, it's highly likely that we would have increased our microbiome, uh, microbial diversity in our gut because we're eating organic stuff, we're in contact with goats and goat's poo. Ilya's goats, farm. Ilya's farm. farm. Yeah, um, definitely not um, first world hygiene. There's no doubt about it. Not uh, first world hygiene? Yeah, not first world hygiene. We de- no, definitely no hand didn't sanitizer have- at the dining table. No, none of that. There was none of that. And so, you know, there was there was that. So, we definitely would have in, improved our diversity while we're over there. I really doubt that we ate enough vegetables and fruits. I doubt it. In fact, there, some days we're expecting to get watermelon and it took three days for that to come out. So, <laughs> you know, it's just I know that there was days that we didn't get fruit in. Um, and so, I, I think that's interesting. And when I look at, Kale broccoli when he was over in Namibia, 
um, or was it Nib- or was it Nairobi? No, nah, Namibia. Namibia. It was Namibia, yeah. wasn't it? Oh my gosh! Anyway, he's over in Namibia. And are you saying Namibia? No, no, Namibia, Namibia. <laughs> Listen to him. <laughs> Namibia oh. for all of our listeners. He was in Namibia. Namibia. So he was over there, and his microbial diversity increased, but. I don't reckon he was having 80 different types of fruits and vegetables or serves of fruits and vegetables. In fact, it just changed. He, ca- he came into contact with lots of different bugs through other um, entry points, routes. So he and people, isn't it? Just being people, around other people exposes you to exposes your microbiome to greater diversity as well. Giving people a hug, shaking their hand, you know, a high five, roughing your hands through their hair, sitting next yeah. to them, coughing on yeah. them, receiving a cough from them. Yes, a little sneeze that. here and there. Yep, it's all got to be part of it. It has you know, to be part of it. Wearing someone's jumper when you're cold. <laughs> That's right. Sure. Well, yes, I was going to – yes. So you're right. There's all of those ways in which we get an improved microbiome. And it's interesting that still in this day we think we can hack it by just making sure that our micro, microbial diversity is um, – mm. The bandwidth is wide, so I think we've got to be conscious. And I, I was, I'm absolutely, totally reminded that we were on the money, and I think we're still on the money in and around movement, community engagement, and just yeah, purpose, relationships, community relationships. I think that's happiness, all of that. That's the key, isn't it? Like that's they're the keys to longevity, not necessarily a healthy gut. Doesn't mean you don't want to have a healthy gut because it's obviously going to make you feel better. I think I think the group. Is always the greatest teacher, and if you, and as you said at the beginning of this episode, the group's greatest takeaway was the power of the community, both the Icarian community and the and the and the way that the group gelled, got to know each other, you know, shared their deepest feelings, had the big DNMs, the breakthroughs that they each experienced, which we won't go through on 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 these episodes, more for privacy reasons than anything, but just the very fact that they all um, felt that level of connection. Is is all also um, not to say that's because it was missing in their own lives, but we know that when we experience a deep connection, um, you can't you can't hide how powerful that is. You you can't be immune to it when it happens. You can't sweep it under the carpet if you know what I mean. Um, and I, I think, think that's yeah. that's like you said, um, consolidated our views. I think the the. The impact on the microbiome of community and a strong social life, I think, is one thing I'd, I'd love to learn about. Whether it can ever be quantified, I'm not quite sure. But you speak about this, this so much biohacking going on around the gut. The cynic in me, and I, I'm so not a cynical person. I'm a very optimistic person. But the, the cynic's not the right word. Is my 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 concern for people is that they feel like they want to tick it off their list, like heal my gut, tick, or um. And they forget that just because they've introduced kombucha and sauerkraut and kefir and broth into their lifestyle, if they still hate the town they live in, can't stand their workmates, can't stand their family or their friends, um, that's going to have more of a uh, diabolical and, and um, you know uh, negative effect on their microbiome um, as, as much as the positive will be of improving with a bit of broth and sauerkraut. Yeah. Absolutely, I agree. Yeah, I totally agree. It was interesting because the discussions in around sauerkraut and um, and kombucha and all that sort of stuff. I went to a breakfast presentation the other morning on Thursday um, to uh, see Mimi Tang talk, which was really quite cool. 
my brother. Uh, you know, Mimi is the girl, the in lady. the gut movie. The researcher in the gut yeah. movie who has done all of the work in and around peanut allergy and curing peanut allergy in children. And, uh, and so she's done all of this with, uh, with the use of a probiotic called LGG. At that talk, there was a nutritionist who I highly regard. I think she's great, Joanna McMillan. I think she's really, really good. And she was speaking about the tests that she did with kombucha. And she said they tested a wide range of commercial kombucha products and there was no more bacteria in those kombucha products than what you would find in Sydney tap water. Oh, this yeah. is scary. Hello, Wellness World. Welcome to the Wellness World, folks. Yeah. Yep. So I'm calling it, and I've been saying it for a long time, but I have been, I'm concerned that people are drinking so much of this sugary product. Yes, they might be getting the stevia laden, erythritol poisoned version of kombucha. Yes, they might be doing that. And they're keeping their sugar levels low. But the bacteria in there is null and void. There's nothing in there. It's being pasteurized in order to be stabilized. It, it's not working. The other thing is that she said, which was I felt you know really good about this, was that um, kimchi, sauerkraut, fermented foods were really, really good for the gut. And I agree with her and I say that. But the other thing that she said was that uh, we need to have only small amounts of it, not large amounts of it. Um, and it shouldn't replace the fresh vegetables. The bacteria that are in fresh vegetables are far greater in number and far more diverse than the bacteria that survive a highly acidic um, environment in a pickling or a fermenting um, environment, you know, such as in kimchi or sauerkraut. And in culture and tradition, weren't the fermented vegetables always the backup plan for when there was the nothing backup. around? Yeah, they were the backup plan. They weren't the main meal. They were the backup plan. That was when potatoes were short and broccoli wasn't growing or the slugs ate the cabbage. And it was zero degrees outside and all your crops had frozen over and there was no way to harvest and thank God you had some pickled veg in the cellar under the ground. This is it. And it was a way that people could keep their vitamin C levels up. So there's some things there that we can learn from um, by looking at it historically. Just because it's close to being ancestral or paleo doesn't mean that it's going to be the thing that's going to be the elixir of life or save us. Again, it may increase our microbial diversity in our gut, but an increase in microbial diversity in the gut isn't going to confer longevity for us. However, it may help us be healthier along the way. Mm. Well, I um, I we came back from Europe. I know we're about to wrap up here, but you'd be interested to know. You may already be aware of this, Damon, but I came back from Europe and uh, we had some... Um, People staying in our house whilst we were away, and they left oh. a little thank you gift, and it was a, a jar of nuts that had been activated—not just activated, but had been activated in kombucha. <laughs> and I said to Sarah, "I said, gee whiz, I said, how, 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 how much has this wellness world developed that now we are activating our nuts?" Not just in filtered water of some kind and soaking them and then dehydrating them, but now we got to soak them in kombucha and activate them. Is that because we're so hysterically sick that we need to just like pack more punch into food or is it that it's just gone way out of whack? And um, I'm not here to give an opinion one way or another, but uh, it, it just seems that I didn't find any activated nuts that had been soaked in kombucha on the Greek island of Ikaria or you know, in uh, in Singapore or Switzerland or any of these places that have the highest life expectancy on the planet, Japan, 
I don't see them going to these lengths to um. What if they look at us? Look at us and have a little smirk. I wonder if they do that. A little before. I, uh, <laughs> a little. <laughs> yes. I wonder if they do that. Um, I've never seen a tree growing in kombucha. I've got to say. <laughs> never seen it. So I don't know. It's a beautiful gift and I, I think it's really nice that the people that stayed, you know, in your home gave you a nice little gift. And I'm happy to have it once a year. I won't be yeah. buying it the next time I, I see it, but I'm happy to have it once. It's, that's the thing. It's like you said, so it's nice. small amounts, yeah. just not a staple. So nice. What a what a nice little gift. And um, But p- I would hope that people don't see that as some kind of a biohack. Um, but certainly, you know, a beautiful, thoughtful gift from a friend and the gift from a friend um, is probably more powerful. Than I was, the- I was, uh, yeah, I was stoked that they, that they, that they found, they thought it was a good idea to give us a gift. I wasn't expecting a gift. How nice is that? So, it's so just a beautiful thing to do, isn't it? But it is a delicacy, uh, surely, a nut, a nut soaked in kombucha. That's a delicacy. Better, yeah, and far better for your gut. That they gave you a gift than um, you know than having activated yeah. almonds, yeah, uh, soaked in kombucha. Yeah, that's it. Oh, look, we could go on forever. I love I love doing this with you, Damo. We are we're not even halfway through our one hundred not out uh, adventure here. We'll be still going strong. Episode six hundred. Um, although you probably <laughs> think we're up to episode six hundred by now, but no, only two hundred and seventy odd in. Five ninety nine. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, okay. five plus years. We'll have six years coming up. Uh, you know, not too distant future. So great, so great. Thank you, great man. Really oh, enjoyed having a chat today, and uh, thanks for listening and thanks for sharing. I hope your cough gets better. I hope that yeah, um, I've had to mute. I had to mute uh, just for all the listeners that may have heard a little cough here and there. I do have a, a smoker's cough uh, uh, commemoration once a year, just to commemorate my fifteen years of smoking. Comes back this time each year, so a bit mm-hmm. of muting going on. But um, thanks for your care, Damo. <laughs> and, muting uh, the mucus. Yeah, muting the mucus. Uh, look forward to seeing you in Melbourne this week, Legend. Thank you to all of our wonderful listeners. Apologies, this episode dropped a little bit later than usual, but uh, over five-plus years, it's only happened once or twice. Probably won't happen again for another couple of years. But um, thanks again to Damien Christoph, the great man. To find out more about him, go to DamienChristoph.com. Myself, MarcusPierce.com.au. A big thanks to always Joseph Tomo for editing this podcast, Rosie Garner and Cielo, who do our social media. We would always love your feedback. You can always do that at thewellnesscouch.com forward slash 100 not out the best way is to give this podcast a five-star rating in the itunes store and whilst you're at it head on over to the wellness couch website and check out the over 2,000 episodes in our archives including the wellness guys um up for a chat and over 20 shows on the network um see you at the wellness summit in less than a month listeners and demo and everyone else is coming cannot wait new venue collingwood town hall august 25 26 um Tickets available at thewellnesssummit.com. And until next time, as always, continue to make the rest of your life the best of your life. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.